Hello and welcome to another edition of Community Conversations. My name is Jim Storer and I'm one of the co-founders of the Community Roundtable. And I am joined today by my capable co-host, Shannon Abram. Shannon? Hi, Jim. We are very excited to be recording a new episode today. We are joined by Adam Ballhausen from Docebo. And I think I said that right, and I'm very excited about it. Hi, Adam. Thanks for joining us. Shannon, you crushed it. And uh, yeah, <laughs> happy to be here. So we would love to kick off with you just telling us a little bit about yourself. Where do you work? What do you do? As you mentioned, I work at Docebo, well-pronounced. Not everyone gets that the first time. And I, my title is Senior Director of Customer Education and Advocacy. So I've been with Docebo for just over two years. I hit my two mark in November and I lead our customer education and advocacy teams. So we roll into customer experience and I most often like to describe our team as the one-to-many arm of customer experience. It's really the role that I see customer education playing at most organizations, but we're primarily responsible for creating training content and building experiences, platforms, and content to help enable our customers, primarily in understanding how to use our product, but also how to do better in, in their jobs and their roles as administrators of a learning management system, which is what Docebo primarily sells, and, and also just in their careers as, as learning and development leaders and often customer education leaders. So. I'm in a very meta space. We have a lot of customers of ours who are doing the same things that we do. And we happily use Docebo every day to power our customer education hub that we call Docebo University. So yeah, it's, it's a fun space to be in training other learning professionals, especially those in the customer education space. I love that. We run a community for community professionals, which is also very meta, where we're like, no, it's a real thing. And that's what we do. Yeah. Um, and I think you answered the question, but just for the sake of being explicit, what kind of community do you have? We run a success community called Docebo Community at community.docebo.com. And it's powered by Insighted. And it's really just an extension of all of our customer education and customer service offerings. So it's, it's a success and support community through and through. So our primary goals there are driven around self-service, you know, customer support and scaling all of the different functions and facets of customer experience. And Adam, can you give us a sense of what community platform you're using and why? I, th I think you might have mentioned you're using Incited, but tell us a little bit more about the, the process to select Incited and implement it. Yeah, happy to. So yeah, we, we are leveraging Incited and we launched our community in April of 2021. That was our soft launch. We had a full launch in May. Really, I, I joined the story of, you know, the procurement and the why we chose Insight. It really goes all the way back to when I joined Docebo. I joined in November of 2020 as a director of customer education. We didn't have advocacy on the team at the time, but our charter at that point, my first main objective was to launch a community. Docebo had never had a community for our customers historically, and there was a lot of demand generated from our customers and also internally recognized a need to launch a, a space that our customers could connect with one another, share best practices, network, et cetera. And so I started the procurement process in December of that year, starting to evaluate vendors. We, we went through a, it was a few months of shopping around, you know, having conversations with vendors, with others in the space. I came from an organization called Encino. It was a cloud banking software company, and I had extensive experience with Salesforce communities that we ran our community through Salesforce there. So I, I sort of had a bias there, but was also really open to finding a, the right tool for the job, understanding that a lot had changed in community technology since I had started at Encino and we had grown our community and understanding that our needs were much different at Docebo. 
So our shortlist ended up being Vanilla, Salesforce, and Insided, and we ultimately decided to partner with Insided and uh, kicked off our implementation in March of 2021. A lot of people listening are thinking about or are going through that platform selection process, whether they're launching a new community or they've been tasked with changing platforms internally. I just talked to someone who they've been running a homegrown solution and finally they were like, this actually isn't working. We should maybe buy it from someone who knows what they're doing. Do you have any advice for someone who's going through that process since it's, it's pretty fresh for you? Yeah, long list of advice. I'll, I'll try to keep it short. And I, you know, I think it one caveat you have to start with is that it really does depend. I think the tool that you're looking to acquire, the right tool for you definitely depends on goals and objectives you have as an organization. So I think step one is always ensuring that before you even kick off the process, you have crystal clarity or at least much clarity as can be gained from your leadership, others within the organization and among your customer base of what the needs are, right? I think a lot of people just have a tendency to say like, we need a community, let's go find someone that can do that. And without establishing some of those goals and objectives up front, defining the success metrics that you'll use over time to ensure that you've you've been successful and without trying to understand the business outcomes that you're ultimately looking to drive or impact some way with your community, you're not going to have the right context and understanding and evaluating those vendors on what you should be looking for. So that would that would be my first tip. And for us at Docebo, thankfully, we already had a fairly robust knowledge base. And as I mentioned, a really robust training environment for our customers built on Docebo. So I, I mentioned this previously, but Docebo, our, our organization is a learning technology company. So we, our core product is a learning management system. We have other measurement tools and authoring tools and other technologies that can help anyone who's looking to train audiences. You know, it could be employees, customers, or partners. So we had already developed a pretty robust Docebo university that had formal content that we were using for our customers to onboard and train on our platform after they purchased us. We had a knowledge base that was filled with helpful reference material at the time. I think we had over 800 articles in our knowledge base that customers were already servicing and using as reference materials for our product. So we had a lot of these resources available. What we really lacked was a space for customers to connect with one another to share best practices and ask questions. And at the end of the day, start to grow a user-generated content flywheel that could be self-sustaining and grow to all of the other knowledge offerings that we had. So for us, having a lot of those other tools in place meant we could look for a community that was pretty laser-focused on helping organize users and have robust user profiles so that individuals could find other others in their space and in their industry and similar use cases that could help organize content really well and that could help facilitate conversation and centralize a lot of what we were really using tools like email and other forms for even our website at times. So that gave us a lot of the context we needed when initially starting to look for other platforms. As I'm listening to all of the initiatives you have and all the content it sounds like you're creating around the community, I can't help but think you've got a massive team. So either dispel that or or share how you did that because a lot of community managers out there kind of struggle through as a solo practitioner. And so if you've got you know multiple folks on the team, I would just love to hear about how you you went about justifying that and then you know how you're kind of structured, if you would. Yeah, definitely. Well, maybe I'll start with our org structure today and what the team looks like right now, and then 
kind of go back and take a snapshot of what the team looked like when we started the community search. Because I think it's not only a testament to the momentum that having a community can give to your team and your customer education practice, but also to how you can do this with a small team. So today our customer education and advocacy team, as I mentioned, we sit within customer experience. So I report to our senior vice president of customer experience, and I sit alongside teams like professional services, support, customer success managers, account managers, those other teams that are part of that typical post-sales and customer success function. Within my team, I, you can really break down the team into three buckets. We've got Docebo University team, we've got a Docebo community team, and then we have a customer advocacy team. Our customer advocacy team right now consists of two team members. Our community team consists of two team members and our university team consists of four team members. And focusing on the community, we've got a community manager and a community moderator. Our community manager, Erin Brisson, has been with the company for almost a year and a half now. And she joined just after our full launch of the community last year. So that I'll get back to the story of trying to launch a community and hire a community manager at the same time shortly. But then our community moderator, Elliot Vickery, been with our company for a little over a year, but just transitioned over to the community team over the summer. And they came to us from support and have a lot of product knowledge, a, a really great understanding of a lot of the support documentation that we have internally. And they've been a really natural fit in the team, you know, coming from that space and having that familiarity of customer needs. So going back to when I started looking for a community, our team was a team of three. It was myself and it was a Docebo University course developer. And there was a community manager who was actually moving into another role in the organization. And so I selected, purchased and implemented Insighted really just myself um, with, while our course developer for our Docebo University team continued to run things on that side of the house. I think that more than anything is really testament to the partner that we found in Insighted throughout the sales process. Even, you know, I, I had experience that I brought to the organization and understanding around community, but I had, I had never fully owned and led a community team or, or defined the strategy for an organization. So it was a lot of learning as you go. And, and even throughout the sales process, Insighted was extremely consultative in their approach to selling. They were helping me form our strategy and, and prioritize and develop the case for a success community at Docebo. And they really understand the B2B SaaS success community use case. You know, there's there are plenty of customers that they have in their portfolio now that are testament to the fact that they've designed a platform that's really specifically focused on serving B2B SaaS organizations with success community in mind. And so they were really helpful in helping me develop that strategy on my own. As I mentioned, build a case for our executives and other leaders in the organization on what the community was going to be. And then throughout implementation, I mentioned we, we kicked off our implementation in March of 2021. We had a soft launch in mid to late April and a full launch in May. So it was really six weeks of implementation from kickoff to soft launch. And within that time period, we stood up Salesforce integration. We stood up integration with Zendesk, which we were using for our knowledge tool and still do today. And we were able to launch the platform and, and grow to a community of almost a thousand members in just a few months as soon as Aaron stepped into the organization after that May launch. So it can be done with a small team. And in fact, you know, I, I wouldn't trade that time and experience for the world. I mean, I think I, I lost a bit of sleep and, and probably gained a few gray hairs throughout the process, but I wouldn't have it any other way because for me, as a leader of the team now, I understand the, the tool and the platform so intimately and having had to define that strategy and, and see it through so closely, 
think it's given me a lot of empathy and better understanding as a leader now to continue to grow the community and understand where our needs are. Yeah, I was going to say that's that seems pretty rapid and and given you were to a certain extent doing it by yourself, that sounds aggressive, but it sounds like you had a great partner and incited to get that done. Yeah, absolutely. That, I definitely could not have done it without them. Are there a lot of other tools I think that you're using internally, you know, to support the community? Can you talk a little bit more about I mean, you mentioned some of the plugins you've got, but can you can you kind of Share more about your complete community ecosystem. Yeah, obviously our, our community itself is run on Insided. We use Zendesk for support and for knowledge. So we're, we're leveraging Zendesk support to run our support cases and tickets, and then Zendesk guide for our knowledge base. And then we're leveraging obviously Salesforce as our CRM. And as I mentioned, we have Docebo, which is our LMS. So those are the systems that sit most closely alongside our community and and most of which are integrated directly with Insighted. There are some other tools that are probably important to note. One being we're in the midst of a a second phase of migration related to product development. But today for feature mapping and, and feature definition, we use AHA as an organization. We were actually using AHA for ideas collection and ideas portal when we launched the community last year. And in November of last year, we migrated away from AHA for our ideas portal into Insighted. And so that was an incredible capability that Insighted brought to the table, supporting ideas and the ability for our customers to provide product feedback, to upvote, to comment, and to really open lines of communication with our product team. That was incredible to be able to consolidate tools there and consolidate experiences for our customers to unify them a bit more. So today we're still leveraging AHA for feature mapping, feature planning for our product team, but we're in the late stages of migrating from AHA to product board on that front. And so Insight also offers a productized integration with product board. You know, product board is an Insighted customer. They leverage Insighted for their own community. And so we plan to start to utilize some of those integrations and we're in the early stages of discussing what that will look like and how we'll evolve the way that our product team is interacting with Insighted and with product board related to our ideas. It sounds like things, and that's more obvious, you're just recording a podcast, we're not in your offices, that things work really seamlessly together. Was that something you knew choosing Insighted, that these integrations were an option and that was sort of on your list of requirements or was that a happy surprise? I'd say it was a little bit of both. It was definitely top of mind for me coming into the vendor selection process. But you know, I think integrations always have the highest likelihood of making or breaking any tech acquisition. And at the same time, are one of the most difficult to validate throughout the procurement process. You know, it's really hard to like intimately test and understand how a system's going to integrate with others during the amount of time that you have and the bandwidth you have to evaluate, select, and compare vendors. So really what what validated the process for me or what validated inside its capabilities for me prior to purchasing was getting to talk to other customers who had built what we were trying to build and who had success with integrating with Salesforce, with integrating with Zendesk, with potentially integrating with other LMS systems or, you know, even product board, for example, we talked to product boards team prior to joining the Insighted family. So there was a level of validation we were able to achieve there. And then we did even test. Thankfully, we had access to a a free trial for a number of months during the sales process with Insighted. And we had connected our Insighted platform to our Salesforce sandbox. 
So we had seen some of those integrations at play, but it, it definitely was, I would say, I think you put it as like a pleasant surprise, a happy surprise in the midst of implementation. What surprised me most was when in our production environment, we were starting to do some testing and connect our knowledge base and our Salesforce environments. I mentioned that we had a total six week implementation period and honestly setting up the Salesforce integration, both to sync community members between the two platforms and community member activity from inside of the Salesforce, uh, but also allow us to send records back to Salesforce. That all was stood up in like an afternoon. And then same with our, our Zendesk guide integration to bring all of our knowledge articles into our community through federated search. I mean, it was, it was literally a, a matter of adding an you know, a couple of keys and a bit of information for the integration and turning it on. So Insight has developed a robust integration framework that is specifically catered for B2B SaaS companies, and they made it really easy to turn on some of those integrations. So we were looking for that, but it was also a, a nice surprise when everything worked as expected, because that's not always the case in these kinds of projects. I was just going to say that it sounds like there's going to be a lot of people listening to this podcast who are jealous that some of those things were so easy for you because we hear a lot of horror stories. And when you said it was a six week from choosing the platform to standing up the community, that's fast. And then hearing you talk about it, it, it makes sense why, but I think a lot of people are going to be out there sort of furiously taking notes. Yeah. And I, I realized, you know, I don't, I definitely don't want to sell that as the norm or to be expected. Uh, you know, there's a lot that can go right and a lot that can go wrong in these projects. So I think for us, what it really came down to, we were really careful and considerate in the procurement process in you know ensuring that we had done our testing and knew what we were getting into. And we had a great team internally of stakeholders. I mean, I was working very closely at the time with primarily our marketing team and our IT teams to ensure that you know, we were getting all of the assets that we needed and, and considering, you know, branding and design of the platform, but then also ensuring that the integrations that we were looking to build would be feasible and, and were well supported. But so much of it, as I can't stress enough, really did come back to Insight's ability to manage the project, to support us, to keep things organized. We, we leveraged Asana. They, were, they ran their project plans at that point through Asana. So we had a shared board where I had specific responsibilities on my end, Insight had, had specific responsibilities on their end, and we had joint responsibilities as well. And all of those things just made for, you know, really easy and, and seamless implementation. The last thing I'll share here is, and maybe we could get into this more, but in, in thinking about the ease and the timeline, another thing that I try to emphasize often for individuals who are looking to stand up a community and what planning you can do to set yourself up for success this is an overused phrase and I've probably stolen it from someone, but my advice is always don't just build it for your customers, but build it with them. And we adopted that mentality from really early on. So even while we were still evaluating vendors, we had sent surveys to our customers, asking them for feedback on what they'd like to see in a community experience. And then we identified a group of early adopters and what we called community founders who we involved during the implementation stages to share with them you know, here are some of the pages that we're designing. Here's the way we're thinking about structuring content. What do you think? And, you know, while that added a bit of work throughout the implementation phase, it also ensured that we were building something that was meaningful for our customers and that they felt ownership over. So I think it didn't ask for it, but there, there's some commentary on why maybe it was a bit easier for us than it, it sometimes is. It definitely sounds like you've got, you've got a culture there that really supports this kind of work. And I wonder if that's something that you think 
has just been organic at the organization or if it's something that you've been able to kind of actively foster because a lot of organizations require kind of some careful care and feeding to make sure that they're aware of the opportunity with community and they understand the value proposition. It sounds like that might've already been kind of baked into the culture there. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. I think, you know, I don't want to paint it all as sunshine and rainbows over here. It is great. I mean, Docebo is an awesome company and uh, our community is fantastic and biased. I think it's, it's one of the best out there. We have awesome members, but th there certainly are challenges there and there's a consistent and continuous need to ensure that we're communicating the value and business impact and business outcomes that the community is helping drive to executives. So looking back on it, every statement that you shared is valid. I mean, there, when I came in, I was hired in the organization, as I mentioned, with like my first goal being to launch a community. So thankfully I didn't come into the organization having to build a case for, or try to justify the need for this tool and this place for our customers that had already sort of come organically and thankfully and, and strategically executives at Docebo had realized we need this, we need someone to do it. And that's when I stepped in. So for any organization that's going through those struggles, trying to build a case, you know, I think one of the listening to podcasts like this, you know, getting involved in the communities that are filled with practitioners who have done this and who have successfully built the case, I think is the best way that you can spend your time and emulate the way that they're describing the value of community and seek out resources. There, there are plenty out there that can help you build that strategy and, and present that case to the organization and ensure that you can find an executive champion somewhere in the org. And for me, that, that existed directly in our SVP of CX, Jared Cook. He's again, he was the one that hired me to do this. And he, there was an innate understanding there of what value community could bring which gave us a huge leg up because we weren't having to continuously justify and build a business case while also building the community. Again, for anyone listening who's in the early stages of planning, try to find that executive champion early and allow them to help you build that business case because it's going to help you a lot in the long run. And sometimes that happens in different areas of the organization. I believe strongly that customer education and community are best positioned in an organization within customer experience or customer success, but that doesn't always have to be the case. You know, there are plenty of organizations that, that have made it work well being an extension of support or being an extension of marketing. At the end of the day, what I think is most crucial there and considering where you fall is who can be your executive champion and your executive advocate and come to the table with an innate understanding and alignment on what value the community can bring. At the end of the day, where we are now, you know, we're over a year of having launched the community. We're still seeing tremendous growth and, and incredible engagement and activity within the community itself. Our customers have continued to provide great feedback about how it's helped them. So all of that has helped build our case, but none of that matters if we aren't actually driving the business outcomes that we originally set out to, to drive and having an impact on the organization in the way that we wanted. And at the, at the early stages, all you can do is hypothesize and build theories around what impact you might be able to have. And as you're growing that community, you have to figure out how to tell the story and, and use a scientific method to prove and validate those hypotheses. And that's where the intricacies come in. That's where a lot of the friction starts, where you're now building a cost center for the organization and there's more time and investment into the technology into the content creation and into the resources 
and you need to be better at sharing the value that that's bringing. So that's the phase that we're in now. As I mentioned, we've, we've seen great engagement. We've built a great business case. We're supporting a lot of the business objectives that we've set out to accomplish, but that's, I am daily faced with that same struggle and lose sleep, just like any other customer education or community leader does in trying to figure out like, how do I justify the return on investment that we're making here? Adam, you're speaking our love language. We are constantly talking about how important it is to tie the work you're doing to business outcomes, because that is the language that the people with the money speak. And if you can't do that, it's just, it's hard to get funding. And so I love what you're saying. I am going to throw you, it's not a curveball because I don't think it's a hard question, but we didn't plan for it. While you were talking about Zendesk and Docebo and Insided, I was thinking about how the reporting on the back end works because it's a lot of different things talking to each other. So how do you handle reporting specifically on the community customer side? Specific to Insider, that was another really big value add and area where they shown during the procurement process. So Insider, again, like I always fall back to anytime I'm describing them as a, as a tool and a vendor to anyone. I mean, they, they are purpose-built and designed for B2B SaaS use cases. And so a lot of the reporting insights and analytics that are possible directly through Insighted make it very easy as a leader of the organization and as a, an admin in the tool to pull the insights that you're looking for. So it's really easy for us to keep a consistent and steady pulse on engagement within the platform and to see which of our users are engaging most heavily and what content is performing best and how our product feedback initiatives and voice of the customer focus initiatives are improving over time related to, you know, the number of ideas that we're opening and closing and delivering and the number of votes we're collecting. So a lot of the, the core engagement data and a lot of the base level insights that we need to glean most often to understand, you know, what I would call like the vital signs of our community are so easy to pull and, and report on directly within the platform. Where the complexities come in is, as you mentioned, where we have a, a separate knowledge base in Zendesk, where we're continuously driving a lot of our users. And then also in Docebo University and our Docebo platform, where a lot of our users are going. It's been really interesting to see on the Google Analytics side, like some of our source information for like tracking, you know, where our traffic is coming from for each of the platforms. Over 30% of our traffic to our community is from organic search. And so our customers are, are finding our community, our, our, our community is ungated. And so the majority of the content in the platform is public. It's search indexable. It's, it's SEO rich. And a lot of our customers are finding community content directly through Google. What's really cool then though, is that almost 80% of our traffic in Docebo University, which is a gated platform is direct. And the number one reference source that we have is our community. And our knowledge base is a little more of a hybrid of the two because our knowledge base is also public. But it's been a testament to how well community can be used to drive and promote awareness of a lot of the content that you have in other systems. It, it, you know, it becomes that entry point for other tools that you have that sort of sit alongside it. But the, the biggest struggle that we still face, to get back to your exact question, the biggest struggle we still face is ensuring that we're gleaning insights from the content that our customers are engaging with and what they're searching for in both Zendesk and Docebo University, in our knowledge base and in Docebo University, and ensuring that that's informing new content that we're focused on and new offerings that we're looking to bring our customers. And that's, that's where a lot of the manual reporting still happens. 
with that said, we are actively working on improving some of our dashboards around customer education and especially advocacy as well. We've, we've got a lot of tools handling a lot of those programs and initiatives. They're all now synced and tied to Tableau, which is the BI tool that we use. And we're in the process now of prioritizing some new reports and dashboards that can help us glean some of those insights directly through Tableau. And it sounds like you started to hint at what might be on your roadmap. It sounds like more advanced or focused reporting is part of that. Are there other projects? We we're, we talk to a lot of community managers and community leaders. And if one thing's true about all of them, they're they're always trying to you know figure out what's next. And so I wonder what your what next is. There's probably too many. Uh, I, I, we probably need to prioritize a little better. No, I, I think we've got a pretty good understanding of the major mountains that we're looking to move in early 2023 and beyond. Really, we're at a point now, we've we've continued to grow our community. We just passed 4,000 members in October. We're seeing a steady cadence of over 50 new member registrations per month, which is awesome. But on the community side, you know, we're starting to realize we've built this incredible large community and we've continued to keep content fairly well organized within it. But what we need to start doing more is building and developing sub-communities within that environment, right? And finding more communities of practice. And we have a very diverse customer base at Docebo. And there are a lot of customers that are leveraging us for hybrid training. So training a combination of internal and external audiences being employees, customers, partners. And that's really our bread and butter. We're a really adaptable system that can cater to multiple use cases and disparate audiences. But there are a lot of our customers that are just training employees from a compliance training standpoint, or from a sales enablement standpoint, or from a leadership development standpoint. And there are a lot of customers of ours who are training, you know, frontline restaurant workers in in the service industry or retailers in franchise retail. So we've got a lot of disparate audiences that make up our community. And at the end of the day, they all have common goals of training users and, and bringing education to audience members. But there are a lot of intricacies in the challenges that they face and the problems that they're trying to solve. And we want to get better at organizing those sub-communities and building smaller groups and meaningful ways for those individuals to interact. So the way that'll realize itself is through more recurring live events that get some of those subgroups together, expanding our groups that we actually support within our community to be a bit more focused on different solutions that we know our customers are building for and trying to build more meaningful, smaller spaces that customers can engage with one another and make it easy for them to find one another and continue to learn from each other. And that will kind of extend into our formal training strategies in Docebo University. We're looking to increase the amount of live training that we do to bolster the asynchronous e-learning content that we deliver through Docebo University. And where this all really comes together is, I mentioned that we've got this advocacy portion of the team. All of what we're doing on our team within customer education, and, and when you look at, at a broader sense, just with our customers in general, we're trying to find the most meaningful ways to engage our customers and to, you know, they have a lot on their plates. They're doing a lot within their organizations and we're trying to help bolster their own reputations and, and further their own careers by helping them get involved in projects and to tell their stories and show the success that they've found. And so our advocacy team is really focused on mobilizing our existing customers who are champions of us, who have been successful with us and figuring out where to plug them in and content that we're generating to either help train existing customers, drive awareness, you know, 
of Docebo and generate demand in the pre-sale side. So on that side of the house, we're really looking to build a centralized place that would be an extension of our community where we can engage our advocates and allow them to perform those acts of advocacy for us and operationalize a lot of the stuff that we've been doing, you know, really through like email and spreadsheets over the past year or two. This has been such an interesting podcast. I've learned, I feel like I've learned so many things, which is always really exciting. We did not prepare you for the speed round, Adam, but it is time for the speed round. Are you ready? Oh boy, I'm ready. I feel like you're going to do really well. The first one is kind of a softball, dog or cat? I, I'm going to say cat. I have a cat. I also love dogs, but you know, I got I to go cat since I've got one. I don't no, know and it can today. probably hear you. And it if can, it heard yeah. you say dog, who knows what would happen later? Yeah, I don't, I don't want I don't want Slippers out of grudge. Oh, its name is Slippers? Yeah, yeah she's that's cute. Good. Oh, she's that's cute. a good name. And I have to say Team Dog because Ozzy's on the bed behind me, so. <laughs> yeah, I, I locked Slippers out. I closed my door intentionally so she wouldn't interrupt. Oh, so Slippers is pissed anyway, so. True, it's true. <laughs> Just pour fuel on the fire. The second question in our speed round is what are you binging? Ooh, what am I binging? Right now it's water. I'm almost done with uh, Long Way Up. It's a new sequence in a series of documentaries that Ewan McGregor started like way back in the day. There's, it's now the third installment. There's a Long Way Down where he and a buddy of his rode motorcycles from north of England all the way to the southern tip of Africa, or maybe Long Way Round came first. But then there's Long Way Round where they circumnavigate the globe on motorcycles. And this one's Long Way Up where they started all the way in South America, the tip of South America and Argentina and drove all the way up and, and they ultimately end up in LA. Uh, so I've got like two episodes of that left, but it's a great one. It's on Apple TV. I've never heard of that. I love it. I'm, it's on my list now. It's great. Uh, what is your work from home hack? I think you have to say slippers. I don't, I'm just, I'm yeah, sure yeah, there. Yeah. You slippers. gotta make up for, yeah. gotta get make a lap cat. Get a lap cat or a lap dog. <laughs> and do you have a favorite dessert? I probably have to say I've got a couple that I put chocolate chip cookies up at the top of the list, fresh baked homemade chocolate chip cookies. Oh, you speak in my language. It's a classic. Yeah. What's your community superpower? What is my personal community superpower? Or what is the superpower of Docebo community? I'm not going to be able to provide any more information. Oh, wow. I think Docebo community's superpower is our members and the learning culture that they have developed for us and with us. And you, you certainly could have the same answer for this question, but who or what is your community inspiration? I would say, if not over the past few months been as active as I've needed to be, but you know, I'd say the CMX Slack community and Sumo's customer education Slack community, but then also you know the broader extension of the customer education community that Dave Darrington and Adam Abramescu have built over at Customer Education Lab. And lastly, community conversations. These, I mean, these are all like resources and content that I regularly consume to ensure that I'm filling the cup while I'm, you know, continuing to try to execute on all of it. Excellent. Thank you so much today, Adam. Thank you. It's been really great chatting with you. Um, it sounds like you're super busy, so we appreciate you taking the time to chat with us. And we, you know, can't wait to talk to you in a year and uh, see how the roadmap panned out and then what's new. Absolutely. It's been a delight. Thank you both. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Community Conversations with the Community Roundtable. We'll see you next time.